this morning, Ephesians chapter number 1. We'll go back. This is going to be our launch verses, verse 19, 20, 21, 22, and uh, down to 23 here. And uh, we started last week looking at the heavenly places. And so we're going to go back into this morning and we're going to look at the structure of the heavenly places. And next week we'll look at the war and then we'll look at some creatures and then we'll look at a whole bunch, you know, different things over the next couple of weeks. And uh, really, uh, <laughs> I got an email this past week of, you know, hey, I love the series, but kind of why? And, and, and I was like, well, the reason why is, is when things down on here are falling apart, where are we supposed to set our affections? <laughs> On things above, let's talk about that and let's let that be what's uh, driving the force. Uh, I know this pa- uh, uh, yesterday was an anniversary day for some things that have happened here uh, in the past and, and, and so forth and in, uh, with uh, the Gerhardt family and everything. And then uh, Vicki and her dad passed away, not Ann Vicki, but Vicki's dad passed away. <laughs> Vicki's still sitting there. You know, so you get to thinking about things like that begin to happen. You know, life happens, and the it's appointed unto man once to die, then the resurrection or the judgment. Okay, so you you think about that. It's good to know where we're going, and it's good to understand that when you get there, that things are not going to be a shock to your system, if you will. And we've looked at heaven. We saw the, the familiarity of it, the fact that what's going on up, what, what's going on on here, uh, down here on the earth, was a was a, is a picture of a, a a shadow of a type of what's happening in the third heaven. So that when you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord. And and again, as Paul said, whether in the body or out of the body, I couldn't tell. I I got to the third heaven and everything looked the same. <laughs> I had hands and fingers and eyes and ears and noses and nose not noses I you don't know the stuff I get from people you said this and I'm like dude really you know come on <laughs> you know so now you got to be exact instead of free flow it you know and 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 let people understand when a jest is a jest and when a serious is a serious so anyway Ephesians 1 verse number 19 and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. The resurrection is the standard of God's power. You want to see God's power. In Israel's program, they went back to the Exodus, where they saw the blood, blood on the post, the Passover event, and then they saw their, their salvation through power at the Red Sea. But for you and I, the standard is resurrection. And, and that's important. The fact is, is that death has been dealt with. And the power of death and the, 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 uh, the dominion of death has been dealt with. It's been put away. But the verse doesn't just stop there. And now there's a second issue here about the, the, the power, the standard. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So there's a second component. This, this issue of, I, I, I love that set him. We were studying in Romans 3, this last, uh, in, in Sunday school, verse 25, and set him forth. Set him. Put him on display. Don't hide him over in the corner. Don't, don't make it, 
You know how you get a card every now and then from somebody, and you really don't want to show it off? You just kind of, eh, it was nice, and you just kind of set it over in the corner behind the vase or behind the lamp. So in case they show up, you've got it out on display, you know? You've never done that. I do it all the time, <laughs> you know? No, what did he do? No, you put it up front. He put it, set him over to be... Set him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all. He's the top of it all. And then he uses a term here, above all, principality and power and might and dominion and every other name that's named. And we began last week talking about the issue of the heavenly places. And I, and I begin to, to give to you some four things to remember about it. One, that they are real. They're literal. They're, they're, they're a real place. And we're going to see some of that here in just a minute. They're, they're a, a governmental structure and stories and, 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 and designed to accomplish and do some things. Number two, they're organized. So one, they're real. Two, they're organized. And they're organized in a very special manner. They're all designed to carry out the business of the Creator. God had a plan for everything, for all things that He created. We're going to see this in Colossians 1 here in, in a minute. He's, he had a plan for it, and the structure is designed to carry out that plan, that purpose. In Genesis 1, when he creates the physical universe, at the same time, he creates this governmental structure around it that's designed to run it and to control it and to keep it where it belongs. And then there, come over, you're in Ephesians, come over to chapter 6 and verse 12. The third issue to remember about the heavenly places is that they are in the hands of the usurper. Ephesians 6, verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You ought to remember that, by the way. That's a tremendous help when you think you've got to go to battle with everything that comes down your pipeline. <laughs> you don't. You know, there's no battle you ever have to go to that you don't choose to go to it. You can as much as lieth in me to live peaceably with all men. You can do that. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but, but against principality, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I, darkness. The rulers of darkness. By the way, that's another one of our terms, rulers. But they're rulers of darkness. The absence of light. God is light. So what's the absence of? God. They're not under God's authority. They're under Satan's authority. Come on over to Colossians 1. Colossians 1. And then the fourth issue is that they are that they're that God has since they're in the hands of the usurper, God has a reconciliation program. Colossians 1 verse 18. By the way, verse 16, just start reading there. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And 
He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence, for it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him, and here it is, to reconcile all things unto himself. And whether you still forgot what the all things were, which are the governmental structure in verse 16, he says, by him I say whether there be things in heaven or things in the earth. The plan is to restore that wonderful word, reconcile, to change the status of all things. Take that governmental structure and bring it right back into where it belongs. And he's got a plan to do it. And you and I participate in that plan, in the heavenly plan. Israel and the, and the little flock and the, the 12 and all that, they're going to operate and function on the earthly plan. But you and I, we get that heavenly plan to take care of and to do and to maintain. And when we do that, and we begin to understand that, what we really quickly begin, look at verse 16, is to understand that when Paul begins to describe the activities and everything, he uses terminology that you and I can associate with, understand. Look at verse 16. By him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Well, where is the visible? Earth, invisible, heaven. This is brain surgery, all right, test at the end of the week, okay? Whether they be what? Thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Notice how Paul talks of, in terminology to, so that we can understand the correspondence between heaven and earth. When we looked at heaven... I went up and showed you there's farming and there's agriculture and there's zoology and there's all these things up there that you and I are very familiar with, horses and chariots and, and fine robes of linen and the linen plant and the flax plant and all that stuff going on in the streets and the street of gold and, and the pearls and all of the gemology that's there. And you and I are very familiar with that because we have it here, but it's a replica of what's up there in the heaven. And Paul uses terminology so that we can understand. Do we know what a throne is? Yes. Do we know what a dominion is? Yes. So we can say, hey, I know what it is here. So guess what? It's the same up there. You follow that? Look over at Hebrews. This is not on your list, but <clears throat> yeah, what? <laughs> Hebrews. Hey, if you're not, he, Hebrews chapter 9. I tell you, that's okay. Stay in my lane. Wow. It's, folks on the Internet, it's a little rough in the room this morning, okay? Yeah, rough crowd. Look at, look at Hebrews 9. And uh, look at, if you will, at verse 23. Just jump here. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true. When, Paul, when the Lord looked at Paul, Moses and he said, you're going to go make that tabernacle, you know what you're going to make it after? The true. It's just going to be down here. And it's going to be this and it's going to be that size and so forth. Come back with me to Mark chapter 4. So there's a correspondence that's going to work between heaven and between earth so that we can understand what's going on here on the earth is 
a replica of what's going to happen in the true. The difference is, what's down here? What do we have down here that's not up in the third heaven? Sin. Exactly. The curse, the bondage, the corruption, the groaning, Romans 8, the groan, oh. No, we don't have that any longer. That's not up there. Mark 4, the Lord here talking in uh, parables. You see this in Matthew 13. But Mark 4, verse number 1, he began to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, verse 2, and he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, and he gives them the sower, verse 4, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it. So you've got the parable of the sower and the seed. But in order for them to understand what he was talking about, he gives an interpretation. By the way, in Matthew 13, just kind of on a cul-de-sac little rabbit trail here with you, in Matthew 13, they ask him, why do you talk in parables? Now, the theology group says so that everybody could get it from the highest to the lowest. And you know what? That is not what Scripture says. Matthew 13 says, I speak, he says, I'm talking in parables so you, the believers, get it, and that apostate Israel nation out there don't get it. But you need to understand how to get it. So I'm going to interpret. He interprets three of them. One is the sower. But look at verse, 13, uh, verse 14. Well, verse 13. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables? The sower soweth the word. So the sower, by the way, who would be the sower? The Lord Jesus Christ. He's sowing the word. But he's sowing the seed. So seed is going to equal what? The word of God. Now look at verse 15. And these that are, are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and take away the word which was sown in their hearts. Now in the parable, who came and took the seed away? The birds, the fowls. God says in the interpretation that the birds and the fowls represented are represented in the spiritual realm out there by who? Satan. Have you ever heard about the winged, the, the, you know, people want a, they want a guardian angel, and they, they picture their angels with wings on them? By the way, angels have no wings. They're in the likeness of man, Revelation says. But there are winged creatures. Cherubim, seraphim, teraphim have wings. We're going to look at them, by the way. They're all over there. And you know what? They have a corresponding... Over here, down here. And that's the point. Paul, the birds come, they take away the seed. You know what Satan does? He's going to come and he's going to take away the word of God from them. Come back to Colossians 1. That spiritual co correspondence, they're real. The heavenly place structure out there is real. And there's a correspondence to it here on the earth. Just, just as there is here, there is also up in the heavenly places. I told you Colossians 1, right? All right, run to Revelation 4. Let's do that and go get Deuteronomy 32. 
So in that first thing to remember about the heavenly places is that they are real. And there's a correspondence between what's up there and what's down here. Colossians 1.16, principalities, powers, thrones, mights, dominions, rulers, all, every other name that's named, Ephesians 1. All of that has a correspondence to down here on the earth as it does up in the heavenly places. You've got Revelation 4 and Deuteronomy 32. And then we're going to go get Colossians 1 again. But let's do this piecemeal here. I don't want to disrupt your holding of hands. You know, you got, if you have a Bible, a book, you can bold over to paper. If you got those tablets, I guess you can tab it quick as... So anyway, I, one Monday night, we're in the Bible study, and I'm teaching. And I said, turn over to, and the room is quiet. And I'm like, are you there yet? And they're going, oh, yeah, we were there before you were. They're all on a phone, <laughs> except for Kaylee. She had her book out. Everybody else is, I'm like, okay, I got to remember that. So then I went faster, and then all of a sudden, I think it was uh, one of them says, hold on, slow down a minute. I'm not there yet. I go, well, you got the goofy tablet, you know, come on. Anyway, you got Revelation 4 now, right? Revelation 4, we're in the throne room of God the Father. By the way, you have a cherub that's there. you got four cherubs, and we'll look at these guys uh, in, in a couple weeks. But look at verse number 4, if you will, 4-4. Four, four. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. And they had on their, crown, their heads crowns of gold. So we've got 24 elders, don't we? Okay, verse 9. And when those beasts, giving glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the thrones. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created." What did Colossians 1? Hold on here. Flip back there to Colossians 1. What did 116 tell us? Colossians 116. For by him were all things created, right? That are in heaven. The end of that verse. All things were created by him and for him. Isn't that, and then what's happening in the throne room? Revelation 4. What do, they, what do those 24 elders do? They take their crowns, authority, powers, and they throw them to the feet. Of the Lord, and you know what they say there, verse 11? And for thy pleasure they are and were created. All of the positions are created by Him and for Him because He has a plan and He has a purpose, and every, every component has a job to do. And they're for His pleasure. Therefore, I, I, man, that end of that verse 11, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. For his pleasure, I think about that. For his dispensing. If it's your pleasure, you, what do you get to do with it? Dispense it, don't you? I get a phone call from the Morgans, hey, we've got citrus. I come and get it, and, and then I get mine. <laughs> And then what do we do? What do I do? I dispense it. Great joy in dispensing and, and pleasure there. He's dispensing. It's, 
He's dispensing his blessing. He's executing the attributes of his glory, of his honor, of his power. Now, you see the 24 elders. Now, come back with me to Deuteronomy 32. Because there's great questions about the, those elders. And there's great consternation then about why is there 24? And why is this and why is that? And if there's a correspondence in heaven and in earth, this will help you. Deuteronomy 32 and verse number 8. 32, 8. This is the song of Moses as he prophetically has told Israel what was coming to them. And, then what, and, and the fact of their fall and their demise and everything. But then yet, then their restoration into the kingdom glory. And in 32.8 he says, When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Now when he did that, that's Genesis 10 and 11. Do you know that Israel wasn't there? Israel had not been created yet. When was Israel born? Exodus, the leaving of Egypt. There's where Israel was born. And yet, what did God have on his mind in Genesis 10 when he set the bounds of the nations and did all that? Who was on his mind? Israel, his kingdom, his nation. But notice what, how the, they were set according to the number of. What's the number of Israel? Twelve, isn't it? So if twelve sits here on the earth and we got 24 elders in the throne room, where's the other 12? How about the heavens? And as the earth is going to be divided out according to the number of Israel, the 12 tribes, then would not the heavenly places be the same, correspondence-wise? So you've got 12 on the earth. Come on now, math. Heaven, 12. Earth, 12. 24, for all you from Tucson. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, Prescott. or No, not Prescott. Uh, anyway, never mind. Okay. I was thinking about Rush Limbaugh. I don't know if you guys listen. And he'll say everybody in your Limba or over, your, your Berlinda or wherever over there. Anyway, okay. Don't worry about me. My, if you knew what was going through my mind half the time, you'd go, huh? Okay you got 24 elders. What do you have? You have a correspondence of sections, don't you? And each section is going to have a principality. Each section is going to have a power. Each section is going to have a might. Each section is going to carry a throne. Each section is going to carry a dominion. Each section is going to carry rulers. By the way, it's thrones, plural. It's dominions, plural. It's rulers, plural. What do you got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, six. And then every name that's named. And I throw, if you throw an O in there, you get Eon. <laughs> Hello, Eon. All right, come back to Colossians 1. 
Folks, you got to have fun with this. I, this stuff for me tickles my, my funny bone all the way down because this is us. This is where we're going, Colossians 1. He created all of it for his pleasure, for his plan, for his purpose. He lays in 12 and 12, and there's that correspondence that's going to happen there. So you know what you know? They're real. By the way, they're located in heavenly places. That's the second universe. That's the second heaven out there. The first heaven is around earth where man and the fowls and all that, Genesis 1 goes. Then that second heaven is a closed firmament. firmament. You understand that, okay? The third heaven is where he resides, his city. But in the new out there, when we're established, there's no longer a third heaven because sin's been dealt with. Death and hell have been kicked out into the lake of fire. There is no sin bondage anymore, corruption. Now it's just the heaven and the earth. People always say, but in Isaiah it says the new heavens, plural. Yeah, that's because they didn't know about you and me. All Israel saw was the heavens. That was their job was to read the creation. See, people, oh, yeah, well, Isaiah didn't understand right division yet. By the way, he does now, just FYI, okay? But you and I come to it and we see, hey, new, isn't it interesting John says a new heaven, singular, and a new earth? Isn't it? It's interesting. Yeah, but over there, that's because they didn't know about you and I. All right, get back on the point, Rick. 116. I keep telling myself, noon, noon, noon. 116, notice, for by him were all things created. They were created for a purpose. And that purpose is for the purpose of reflecting his thinking, his plan, his glory, his wisdom. So if we're going to reflect that, we're reflecting who? Him. They were created by him and... For him. So that's the reflection. So if we're reflecting his thinking, his wisdom, then you know what that means? There's a lot to do. There's a lot of work to do in the business of heaven. There's a lot to do in the carrying out of his purpose and plan in creation. That's fantastic. What was creation created for? Why was this governmental structure created? You got all of this stuff going on. Why was it? It was for who? For him. He created. People get all, you got to have this deep thing. Folks, you have to remember, there is a simplicity in all of this because there's a simplicity in Christ. This doesn't have to be complicated. What does, one, what does Colossians 1.16 say? The thrones, dominions, or powers are, and, are, were all things were created by him and what? For him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. We're going to get over there. We'll study that thing out, man. And I tell you what, he is, cre- he is the creator. What's going on in heaven? It's for him. That's a lot to do. Ephesians 2 there, verse 7, he says we're going to put on display, he's going to put on display for the ages to come, his glory and his, the riches in his glory and, and of his grace and all that. Age, as eon after eon after, just ongoing. 
all to get just bigger and bigger. Why? Verse 18, and he is the head of the church, the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For to please the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. We'll talk about all that all fullness down in, in, a, in a couple weeks. Everything's a couple weeks. When I drove the school bus, they'd get on there, hey, Rick, wh- how long till you get over to here? Five minutes. I'm 20 minutes away. It's five minutes. Hey, are you there yet? Five minutes. Everything was five minutes. Then you got this one guy, I'll be there in two minutes and 35 seconds. I'm like, yeah, right. No, five, no we'll get there in a couple weeks, okay? Notice what's going on here. So Colossians 1, 16, Ephesians 1, verse 21, and Ephesians 6, verse 12 begin to identify the structure for us. And they begin to identify these, I just wrote them up here on the board, principalities, powers, mights, thrones, dominions, rulers of darkness, and every other name that's named. Come over with me to Romans 5. All, are, all of these, I'm sorry, Romans 8. All of these are designed to carry out the administration of his government over his creation. Okay? All of them. And when we talk about powers, principalities, powers, mights, thrones, dominions, rulers, and and every other name that's named, we are talking about the office of. We're talking about positions. Look at Romans 8, verse 38. For I am persuaded, persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. You see how he, he, he moves out angels? And then he moves to principalities, the office of, powers. The, see, angels right now sit in these positions. One day, we're going to, God's going to dismiss them from those positions and fill them up with us. Okay? So then one day, out there in the future, all of these positions are going to be inhabited by and only by the church, the body of Christ. The fallen angels, devil and his angels, are kicked to earth, aren't they? Well, then what happens to the elect angels? Well, now they get to go back to doing what, they've, what they're designed to do, which is to be the ministers for Israel and Jacob's ladder, ascending and descending and taking care of business in that ministering spirits that they're supposed to be. But right now, they fill these positions. So when we talk about the come over to Romans 13. When we talk about the principality, we're talking about the top. That Michael is the archangel, arch, top. We're talking about the highest rank of authority. This is the decision maker. Okay? This is, these are the guys who he, and again, we got sections of them, but their job is to make the decisions. That's who they are. They are the ark. They're the top. Then you have power. Now, power and might. By by the way, the prince, principality. God tells Israel, I will restore your what? Princes, 
Plural. Why? There's 12 of them. Isn't that interesting? Princes. I'm going to restore your counselors. There's the power and the mights. I'm going to restore the heads of your families and so forth. Powers. Romans 13, verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher, what? Powers. Powers and mights work together. Because a power and a might are, are, are they're designed to accomplish some things. The power is the issue of about having the authority to do something. To do. This is the top. Authority to do. Come over with me to Matthew chapter number 8. Matthew 8. Give you an illustration of these. Matthew 8. I know in the past we've looked at these uh, rather, usually rather quickly. I'm trying to slow down here. Matthew 8, verse number 9. The Lord is dealing with the centurion, verse 5. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, verse 9. I, for I, that's the centurion, um, am a man under authority having soldiers unto me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servants do this, and he doeth it. That's the illustration of a power. Matthew 8, verse 9. He has the ability, he's under authority. The, the general says to the centurion, Do this, and then he turns and he says, Go do. Okay? Come over to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Luke 4. The, the temptation of Christ. Luke 4, verse number uh, 5. And the devil take him up into a high mountain and showed unto him all kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them for... That is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Satan says, all this power is mine, but what can I do with it? I can give it away. I can give it to whomsoever I give it. That's the issue of, a, of, of power. I have the ability to do, I have the authority to do something. Okay? That's the power. Now, the second one is the might, because that's the issue of the ability to do it. Do you know that a judge can issue you a... I don't know if you, any of you have ever been to small claims court. I have a couple times. You go into small claims court, and the judge says, Rick, you're the winner. You get your 500 bucks. But you know that's all he says? Do you know that I had to go get the constable, the sheriff, to go get my money from the guy? He had the power to say, the judge did, you, you win, but you know what? I had to go get the might to go get my money. That's the might. That's the ability. That's the police and the military. That's the enforcement arm. Now, if you think about this, the power, that's the officer corps. Okay? The might guys... They're the, they're the guys that are going to go down there and enforce it. Come over with me to Ephesians chapter 3. 
They're the sheriff. By the way, that's why who's in charge of the military and the police is very critical in, a, in government. You know, you hear your history books, and they, there's a coup of the government, and nine out of ten times, you know who's leading the coup? The generals. Why? Because they got the guns and the bullets. They have the might to do, the, the ability to go and do. That's why you hope they're on your side, <laughs> you know, okay? That's why those guys are, that, who's in charge of that is very critical. Look at Ephesians 3, look at verse 16. Paul says here that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with what? Might by who? By his spirit where? Who's got the ability to strengthen your inner man? The spirit does. So you've got the president tells his cabinet, I want this to be done. Then the cabinet turns to the enforcement agency and says, let's go enforce the will of the president. He would have this to be done now. And you know what happened? Well, in the sinless creation, that's going to flow really easy. <laughs> With sinful man, it doesn't flow so easy. See what's happening here? So this is the top guys. These are... The, the top echelon. Then you run to thrones. Now, who sits on a throne? Well, a king does, right? Notice it's thrones. Uh, Colossians 1, verse 16. Uh, I try to remember to tell you where these are located at. Colossians 1, 16. It's thrones. Now, this becomes a seat of authority... But it's over a local area. So while this, if you will, in ours would be the federal government, now we're down in the state government. If you think about how this would work in our, using our system. It's a seat of authority in a particular region, a locale, a location then the dominions would be what? The local, the local, that should have been an L, that local area where that throne sits. In our case, the state of Arizona. Okay? Who's in charge of the state? The governor. Here's the legislature branch. The governor, his office, okay? You've got things like that. Now, come over to Ephesians 6, or back just a couple pages to Ephesians 6. You, you guys see what's going on here? Trying to, again, kind of slow down with this. Then you get this rulers of darkness down here. Because the rulers of darkness, 612, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There's an issue here about the rulers. Now, the rulers are the diplomat, diplomatic group between the states. We have that here. 
we have a diplomatic group in our state that deals with the Sonoran state of Mexico. It's headed by our governor. There's an interaction there, a trade agreement between our state and another territory, the state of Sonora and Mexico. We have agreements with California on the Colorado River and the nuclear pl power plants, electricity. Those agreements are worked in this realm right here, in the ruler realm. These guys are rulers of darkness. Again, th that's what they're trying to accomplish here today, is what? Darkness. Take away the word of God. Keep everybody, you follow, see that? Okay. Now, out in the future, we'll have this diplomatic movement between the territories, and it won't be with darkness, it will be with light. And it'll be accomplished in the do. But notice in that verse, it also says there about spiritual wickedness. But notice it doesn't say heavenly places, it says high places. Now, this is another one you could write in there if you want. I don't, I just, my hand's blue now. I don't because it, I'm looking at the terms, but high places. Come, come back with me to Isaiah 24. I'll just show you this real quick. Isaiah 24. When he says high places instead of heavenly places, Isaiah 24 and verse 21. But I got to let me get there. Isaiah 24, 21. And it shall come to pass in that day. And that's going to be the day of the Lord. He just came out of the great tribulation there, verse 16, 17, 18, verse 19, uh, verse 20. The earth is reeling to and fro like a drunkard and so forth. He says, and it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones. There it is. That are on high. And the kings of the earth upon the earth. Spiritual wickedness in high places has a connection with spiritual wickedness here on the earth. That's why Paul uses it. He says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness. Where? On the earth, because we do, but also where? In high, in high places. Follow that? I think that through a little bit, okay? Come back to Ephesians 1. Darkness, by the way, the rulers of darkness, that's their vehicle. That's what they're trying to accomplish today. The God of this world has what? Blinded the minds of them. Satan doesn't care if you're down at the bar having a mar margarita or tequila day the other day. You know? You didn't know that. Huh? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I wasn't there, but I knew about it. Okay? Thanks to Facebook. Yeah, sure, right, okay. <clears throat> He doesn't, yeah, now you know, right? He doesn't care about that. You know what he cares about? Are you studying your Bible? Are you reading three chapters a day? Are you paying attention to who you are in Christ? Are you living your life as who you are in Christ? Or are you, and hey, you know what he does? He goes, I can get you and 
suck you away, Facebook, social media, TV, all radio, all this stuff, and the next thing you know, you've wasted a day that you could have spent reading, working, doing, and he got you. The rulers of dark darkness is that vehicle. Colossians 1, he says he's translated us from the king, from darkness, the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Wow. The last one on the board, five minutes. Ephesians 1, verse number 21. Far above all principality and power and dominion and every name that is named. That's everybody. Everybody. That's the rank and file. That's the police chiefs all the way down to the head janitor, to the lowest janitor. It's the rest of it. Think about government. Think about the structure of it. Think about what's taking place. The Bible calls the Lord the Lord of hosts. There's the host. There's the rest of it. Literally every member of the body will have an assigned job. By the way, that job will fit them perfectly to the revealed capacity of their inner man through the judgment seat of Christ. You get that diploma where he presents us to the Father. We've looked at this. And the Father says, let me see your diploma. Oh, right on. He goes, guess what you are? And you're like, I don't care. I'm just glad to be here. He won't even say that. He'll say, yes, Father, where would you have me go? And he'll say, you're, a, you're the police chief over there in quadrant two. And you're like, yeah, let's go. And off you go. You're the principal over here. You're this, you're that. Everybody, every member of the church, the body of Christ, will have an assigned job that's going to match and meet their capacity for service in his government. Fulfilling his purpose in his creation for his pleasure. The structure is set. It's real. It's there. And everybody participates in it. Everybody plays in it. Several years ago, I had the fleeting thought of joining the United States Postal Service <laughs> for about a month and a half, <laughs> okay? And uh, we're standing there, and we take the oath, raise your right hand, cross your fingers and your toes and all that, and you, we get the same oath that the congressmen have that the president gets about defending the Constitution and doing this and that. And at that moment, you know what I became? A governmental employee. But you know what my job was? My area of responsibility, so grave and heavy, was delivering an inanimate object with a stamp on it. But do you know that what we began to do as we sat through the training and the introduction, in, intro stuff and, and the orientation, is you really quickly began to understand that there was a hierarchy that, oh my goodness, if you needed to use the bathroom, you had to ask this supervisor, not that super. I mean, you, it was just so boom, boom. Now, when you get over in the office, guess what? None of that's there. 
but in the book, it's there. I'm a government employee. I get to deliver the mail. I wasn't the big guy. I was down here in the every other name that's named. But what was I? Part of the government. Okay? So when you think about these, they are real. And the structure is there. And when we go up and we're, we're there, we participate with him in this. They're organized, they're real. That's what you're looking at, okay? Think about these things, mull them through. I'll tell you what, a little, here's the principality. There's the power, there's the might, there's the thrones, there's the dominions, the rulers, and there's every other name. You know what that looks like? A piece of pie. Pizza. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for everything that we have in your son. We thank you for who we are in him. We thank you for the ability to participate, the joy, the privilege to participate in your plan for creation. In your name we pray, amen. So let's go to lunch.